We take you now, ladies and gentlemen, to a Cuban immigrant, an individual who apparently feels as though the streets of America are paved with gold. Here is Razor Ramon. Ramon. Razor Ramon. I come from the gutter. I know that. I got no education. Who needs it? Look at me. Look at me. Look at the gold. Look at my clothes. I'm a success. I'm coming to the WWF. All I want is what I got coming to me. The world, chico. Everything in it. You know what cool is? You're looking at it. Cool is what you make it. And there's no cool like a baby pool. But some people don't want to be cool. Like this guy. And I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Viejo desgraciado. So when I come to the WWE, you better be cool. Cool like me. Carlito. Caribbean. Cool. just doing a little casting for my next film entitled Lust in Space. <laughs> yeah, the TV show was good, but I have a rocket in my pocket <laughs> that will take each and every one of you women on the face of this planet to new and exciting heights. <laughs> uh, let's just call it Venus Envy. But I'm not a braggart. My actions speak louder than my words. <laughs> and ladies, when I explode inside the World Wrestling Federation, <laughs> let's just say that Val Venus will give it his all inch by inch. Quite a name for themselves. You got Dean. And you got Bogart. And your cat. Your pet. Cold dust. 
The Tinseltown roll call goes on and on and on. However, <laughs> there is a difference between these stars and the legend. Celluloid gods and goddesses were fabricated. They were cloned into stardom by teams of writers, producers, and directors. They learned. They spent many summer days in acting 101. That's the difference. And that is the difference. Look into my eyes. That is the difference. I was born a star. It was a gift from that great one in the sky. No editing, just pure talent. It's almost time for me to leave, but I don't feel guilty because of all the emotions. Guilt is the easiest to bury beneath a sea of excuses and lies. And you think you're not guilty? Well, you are! Guilty for the ugliness that exists in mankind. For the disfigurement that exists in mankind. And you want to sit there in your perfect homes with your perfect families and pretend you're not involved. Oh, it wasn't me, it was someone else. It wasn't me, it was someone else. And now you want to be my friend. What did you? Well, it's too late. Because I'm coming to your neighborhood. And you're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be. Maybe they'll be first. And they never even knew I was here. <laughs> It's the Dirty Sheets Podcast back once again. It's Cav. I'm from the Lingus Mafia Podcast. All my nonsense is at patreon.com slash Lingus Mafia or just look up Lingus Mafia and Twitter and all that fun stuff. I am with uh, Mr. Billy Body. We're going to explain what happened in the beginning of this show first, but why don't you say hi first, Billy? Hi, Billy. There you go. So we played in the beginning um, some classic... Good time, old shit vignettes, man. Razor Ramon, Val Venus, you know, and doing porno. Uh, Mankind's debut, Carlito even's debut. Carlito was funny because I was watching the Razor Ramon one, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much Razor Ramon with a different person. Um, and, yeah. and it's very funny because Vince, doing the very first Razor one, he goes, this is a Cuban immigrant who is uh, coming to the WWF. <laughs> So that's pretty good that the, a Cuban immigrant was coming over. And um, so we got to see a lot of these promos and or vignettes. And one of the topics we were going to discuss today, uh, me and Billy have a little bit of a different thought on something. Uh, I agree with his at the same time, uh, but I had a different angle of it. And he was talking about J.D. McDonough. Do you want to go ahead and uh, explain what you were thinking? Yeah, I actually have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Being, being far older than me. Uh-huh. Um, Many years. I, I'm in my rocking I, chair I, right now. I, I didn't have the TV that had WWE, the, the channel that had WWE, till around about 92. Um, 92, early 93, possibly. Mm -hmm. um, so the first vignettes that I saw was Razor, and then I saw all the other ones that continued through. But prior to that, when they were stealing people from the AWA, did you have like vignettes that said the Legion of Doom are coming to the WWF or, um, I don't know, Hercules or Big Boss Man's coming? Like, did they have, when, when did they start? What's the first vignette you remember? You know, first vignette I actually do remember is the Razor one. I, I'm trying to think, like, I'm sure if someone said, oh, don't you remember this, then it would pop in my head if there was such a thing. I, mm. No Hercules stuff. Hercules was around, like, I started watching no, I just and Hercules was there. Yeah, yeah, I just chucked Hercules out, but I'm just thinking of names uh, from... I'm trying to think if Bossman was. I mean, 
Boss Man, at least, they did, like, the Brother Love show with them. You know, so that's kind of... Okay, I think- so about Earth- Earthquake came in and he was managed by Jimmy Hart. Yes. And then very quickly he attacked Hulk Hogan. But did they ever say next week the debut of Earthquake? Oh. oh obviously, they said... That yeah, they one- said that. Sorry, I'm not... Next week's going to be the debut of Earthquake. After What I meant to say was after airing videos of Earthquake for a few weeks, this this new guy's debut and whatever. I, I don't remember I don't remember anything before Razor Ramon, but it's only because uh, I only got the channel then. But I, so I wondered what was on before then, that's all. I'll guarantee but I haven't you, seen anything. I'll guarantee you you remember Earthquake when I tell you it. Do you remember that he was a guy in the crowd and it was supposed to be a, a, a push-up contest with uh, Dino Bravo and uh, Ultimate Warrior? Um, I believe it was Ultimate Warrior. Um, and they were like, Jimmy or somebody else? I think it was just Jimmy. And it was, who's the biggest guy in the crowd? Who's the biggest one? We're going to do push-ups with him on our back. Who's the biggest? And he's just sitting in the crowd, like up in the stands, not front row, up in the stands, sitting there, regular guy. And, and all the people next to him are pointing at him. Him, him, and he's shaking his head. No, 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 thank you. Because he looks like a regular fucking guy with the bald head and the beard. And um, they ask him to come up, and he comes up there and does, uh, and Dino Bravo does push ups on the back. And then it's, uh, he has to do it with Warrior. And Warrior's doing his pounding the chest thing, and he's acting like he's scared. He, and they're like, it's okay, don't worry about it. And then he goes to sit on Warrior's back, and he does like an earthquake stomp, like he stomps down and smashes him. And uh, I remember that, yeah, yeah, and that's how that whole thing started, and uh, so that was that was a real shock though of like a debut because that was like I think a superstars because everything was superstars. Did Yokozuna get anything? <sighs> I, God, I don't I think, think don't remember, Yokozuna I, did it all either. It was just here he and he came out, and it was oh uh, here's you know Yokozuna. Um, God, who who was Razor? Uh, million Dollar Man. Dude. Yeah, I think I remember. I did not. I didn't remember because so I didn't have the channel then. But I think I've seen something. Yeah, because you've also done the picture of like you've put Umar's face on um, Virgil, and you put your face on Million Dollar Man where he's massaging your toes. I know that. Yeah, but <laughs> were they not said? Were they not? Were they not things that they put on TV whilst he was on television? Was this? Was this to say he's coming? I think it was. Uh, he's he's on the way. I think it was he's on the way, and I think it carried into because I think when he was on TV, it started into the uh, you know I'll give you money for stuff, and he's kicking the ball around and shit like that. But um, I believe ahead of time, he was on TV for a bit. So I'm looking through now on YouTube, and apparently Dusty Rhodes had one. Oh yes, uh, he had multiple American. weeks, multiple weeks. He was a right. garbage well, hey, man. He so was a plumber. <laughs> So it didn't start with Razor. They've also got here. They've got um, Wylan Mercy. His mm-hmm. were good. His were really good. Uh, Kazani, R- Million Dollar Man, racist promo visiting Tito Santana's home. Uh, <laughs> Razor Ramon, Val Venus, Goldust. Uh, Sid had them, apparently. Sid's. You know. I thought he debuted as a referee. Well, he did um, debut as the, ma- the referee, but it was, oh, we're going to get Sid to do it. But I think it was pretty much, they would only show like a picture of Sid and he'd be laughing or he'd be black and white or something like that. And he would just stand there like menacing and people would talk about him, I think. Because he was a good guy when he got in. It was Sid Justice. Yeah. And, and Rick Martel, when he went left strike force and he became the model, he had vignettes. Yeah. And then he starts uh, parading around and uh, with I- his arrogance. I- Iris too. Well, let me let, let I say what. Let's make the point before we confuse everyone. Sure. Um, <laughs> so at the top of the show, I, I wanted Cab to find some decent vignettes because the main thing that bothered me this week, other than the overall raw being difficult to watch and boring, and basically outlining why we shouldn't have a draft anymore. Um, the main thing that bothered me was the fact that we had this battle royal that was won by Ali. <laughs> now in that battle royal, they had the new guys that were from the the raw roster, and also all of the ones that had just been previously drafted. Now my issue is, is that they are now going to go down the route of back explaining or explaining in the future 
who they are after they have their debut. I think they might do that, which they shouldn't do. Um, should never be the, the order that things are done in. But at the very least, you're going to do that. If they're going to chuck these guys on TV, then to me, it's an acceptance of the fact that, hey, we now have a very uh, small audience compared to what we had 20, 30 years ago. Everybody is within the wrestling bubble. If they don't watch NXT every week, they'll have some awareness of what's going on in NXT. So we don't need to overly explain or re-debut or redo the work that we did for these guys in NXT. Well, first of all, that's incorrect because you only need to look at the numbers of NXT to know that it's about 40% of your audience know who the people from NXT are. And that's, that's even being... Second of all, once people have been on NXT and they have failed to win the NXT title or they're losing or if they're mid-card act in NXT, they should not automatically come up to the main roster and be booked stronger than they were in NXT with the same gimmick. If you can't win matches in NXT and then you bring the, ga- then you bring the gimmick to NXT and you don't refresh it or don't give us any kind of information about what it was or whatever, then then that then that's completely the wrong thing to do. This you can you can't have it both ways. You can't turn around and go, oh, um a third of our audience or forty percent of our audience watch NXT. So we don't need to re-debut or re-explain these these superstars with vignettes that will help them because it would be stupid because everybody um at some point should have some idea who they are. So it's a 40% viewing audience, but their assumption is that it's 40% that dip in and out and everybody keeps some sort of tabs on it. They don't. I can tell you for a fact that they don't. And then, so one instance, they're telling you, we don't need to re-debut these with video packages. And on the other side of the coin, they're telling you that, um, that, that, that we do that we do need to read, we do need to, we do need to like re-debut these people because um, we, we can re-debut these people because they've got, because people aren't aware of their winning records. Does that make sense? Like in terms of like, oh, we can chuck them out. Nobody knows that they've lost. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what lines are within NXT because, because if you do it like that, you assume no one's watched it. But then when you chuck them on TV anyway, then, and don't give any introduction, then you're assuming that everybody's watched it. So do you believe everybody's watched it? <laughs> Or nobody's watched. Does that make sense? It's a very catch twenty two. They're they're screwed either way. Um, because they kind of want people to forget what they saw in NXT, but then they're relying on people to know who they are from NXT. Um, yeah, that's that's my point in a quicker way. But yeah, that that so that yeah, that is my point. So by by having them just go out there in a battle royal, it's like oh, you watched NXT, right? Surely, like so, you know this guy, you know Von Wagner, you know like this um, JD McDonough, you know everybody, right? That's why we'll just chuck them in the battle royal. They're just coming up from, you know, there's Raw, SmackDown, NXT. No, it doesn't work like that with NXT. The crossover between NXT, Raw, and SmackDown is not the same. You can chuck a SmackDown superstar into the battle royal that came over from SmackDown, but you can't do that with an NXT superstar. And should you even really be doing it with a SmackDown guy? Should you really be sending um, Baron Corbin over from SmackDown and he carries on with the loser storyline that he had on SmackDown on a new brand? Should you do that, really? Like, or, or should you take him off TV for a month and then air a vignette where, and show that he used to be the lone wolf and bring him back with his old musical or something like that? Just give him a, a, a new coat of paint. And he's not the only one. It's just everyone. For me, this is an opt- this, the, the main thing of the draft is fine, you can create fresh matches and stuff, but also you can stick different coats on pa- coats of paint on as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. You could change Ron gimmick. You can change um, McDonough's gimmick. You can change Corbin's gimmick. You can change NXT gimmick, SmackDown gimmicks. You can do whatever you want. You can completely repackage people. And if you want to keep people the same, if you think, okay, JD McDonough, he just challenged Bron Breaker for the NXT title about six months ago. He didn't win, but it's not <laughs> a level where we've dropped McDonough down to the bottom of the card. He was a number one contender about four or five months ago. So we bring him on. We do a very good video package for about three weeks, and then we debut him on TV. You don't chuck him in a battle roar because you think loads of people watching NXT and then start airing the vignettes afterwards. That's not how you do things. And then the other people in there, they didn't get vignettes at all. So either there's a huge lack of talent where you couldn't do a battle royal without this, or um, it's just lazy. And also, 
Booker of the Year, Triple H, shouldn't be booking Battle Royals if he doesn't have enough people to go in them without ruining the debuts or the repackaging of about half the people in it. Because now, all I see when they come on television, you can show me a JD McDonough um, vignette afterwards if you want. You can have him beat Dolph Ziggler if you want, even though everybody does, so it doesn't yeah. mean anything. But the fact is, I just saw a bum debut in a battle royal with another seven bums, and neither of them won it because the guy that won it was a bum that was losing <laughs> to everybody for months. I so they're worse than him. So all the new guys who don't even get videos, and even if they get them now afterwards, are still worse than a guy who's been who's been absolutely useless for, for months and getting squashed by Bobby Lashley and other people. This, uh, this battle royal was such a joke, and it's funny because I'm watching it on delay uh, because I didn't watch it as it started, right? So I'm just, I'm a few behind. Maybe I'm 15 minutes behind. And I see who's Ooh. all in it, and you know how they always introduce the two people at the end only. So you go, okay, well... Riddle flips his feet at Gunther. So you go, okay, well, you know, he's going to probably win this thing, right? And it's going on, and the DVR freezes. So I have to, like, reset it, and then it's finished. It's already finished. I don't know who won. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll find out eventually here. I see Ali walking around in the back saying he won. I couldn't. I fucking fell over. And then I realized, oh, yeah, they're going to Saudi. Of course he fucking won. It, it is the stupidest shit ever that they go, oh, we have to have a guy that's like, uh, you know, Muslim or whatever because uh, we're going there. Um, and for their fans, we have to. It's why. Why would you fucking do this? This would never ever in a million years happen on a fucking card if it was a pay-per-view over here where whilst 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 actually building a, a feud with matt riddle in the same match yes and so and i'm like oh my god so i just couldn't fucking believe i was like yeah well it makes sense now i know where they're going so yeah of course he has to win this and like we're supposed to believe you know i'm gonna you're gonna fly all the way over there i'm gonna take your title it's like oh oh my god so let's play uh the clip first that they gave uh, for the J.D. McDonough uh, little vignette. I don't even know if it's a vignette. It really isn't. It's uh, what they played on Raw to introduce him after he had lost um, this whole battle royal. So have a listen right here real quick. This whole game changed when the Irish Ace walked through that door. You are going to wish you never heard the name J.D. McDonough. So cerebral. A different breed of superstar. This ring is my operating theater. You like to endure pain, but I welcome it. Everyone is going to find out that you never bet against an ace. All right, so that was... The first, the first thing like uh, Billy wanted me to grab, right? And then, so when I'm searching for this, I find like two other vignettes that he had for NXT, and I said these are the actual old school feel of the ones like we had played, and I'm like, but this goes into what you say. They're damned if they do and damned if they don't because. You can't play. I mean, obviously, you could take out where he says, you know, uh, NXT 2.0, you know, better look out for me. You could change that shit out. But um, they could even say, you know, here's a better look at him from when he was debuting in NXT uh, at the least and play it. But I wanted to play it for everybody here and for the ones that don't watch NXT all the time and see what they think. So have a listen to this. Do you hear that? That's the winds of change. And I think the winds of change are blowing around NXT 2.0. If I'm gonna leave my home, my penthouse overlooking my city, Dublin City, you know it's for a damn good reason. You'll find out why soon enough. Everyone in NXT 2.0 is gonna find out that you never bet against an ace. My dad is a lot like me. He's a great man. 
he sat me down when I was about three years old. He said, son, you can do whatever you want to do in this life. If you want to go in the army, you'll be a general. If you want to do art, you make sure that you're Picasso. And that is how the Irish Ace was born. Anyone who steps in the ring with me gets dissected. I am so far ahead of the rest of this roster, they couldn't see me if they had a set of binoculars on them. Because the pain that I inflict on lads in the ring changes minds real quick. That's my job. I turn doubters into believers. Enjoy Great American Bash. Because next week, NXT 2.0 changes forever. So I thought those were in a better frame. Like, you don't know what it is, really, because he's like, I'm the Irish ace, and he's driving like a sports car, like he's James Bond, and I'm I'm better than all these other people, and you're going to see that, you know, when I get here. It's basically what everybody says in vignettes. When I come to the WWE, everybody better watch out. That's basically it. Um, it is weird to me. Um, he looks like a, a, a full-grown dwarf. Do you see that? Yeah, he's got a, a big head. Yes, the forehead. He looks body. like a dwarf. Yeah, a J.D. McDorfa. That's what I always said. Um, and then you have uh, the other guy who was Cro-Magnon man um, when the Beverly Brothers kids. What's that guy's name? He was one of the other guys in the Rumble there in the Battle Royal. Von Wagner's there not one go. of the kids, is he? There you go. That's him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he totally oh. looks like fucking... Crow Magnet. Um, but I was like, okay, the, the so issue, go ahead. Yeah, the issue I have here is that it's it's a widespread problem across the business where their their whole attitude is that, oh, you need to watch more wrestling. Right. Their whole attitude is you need to watch more wrestling. Like we are not going to catch you up. We're not going to make this easier for you. You should have been watching NXT, or we assume that you've seen some NXT, or we assume that you are on our YouTube channel. It's like they believe their own hype, and it's yeah. it's a bigger problem in AEW where they actually want you to watch other fucking companies that aren't even theirs. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like they bringing they bringing like Chinky McChinchong, and like I'm supposed to know who he is and a Swiss because I'm fucking <laughs> right. But it's I mean it's mainly these guys from like fucking Japan, Japan who, yeah. who you know. Who fucking who wrestle in a different country with a different style with a different audience that don't react well with commentary that isn't fucking English? So like, <laughs> and I, but I'm supposed to watch that. Yeah, but and I, I'm supposed I, but to, to be know. fair though. I think Chinky McChingchong is from China, not from Japan. But go ahead. Well, there you go. But what, okay, but this that is this is what I mean. The title of the show, Billy. <laughs> Chinky McChingchong. <laughs> And then, and then we'll and then we'll get those people who who hate us but listen to our show still <laughs> saying that it was another a racist <laughs> show. Um, but you catch my you you know you catch my my drift when yeah, when they when they debut. You don't know. Hey, guy, we don't have a clue right. about. And they expect you to. It's like, well, they're catering for that specific group of people who watch every goddamn piece of wrestling that comes on the television. And and there has to be more of an approach here where it's like, okay, we just signed. Where did where the WWF? When I say we, we just signed somebody from Nitro, right? Mm -hmm. Someone's contracts come up in Nitro. When they used to do that, it would be a case of, okay, or vice versa. Okay, we've just signed Chris Jericho. Is he going to be Chris Jericho still? Or is he going to be something else yeah. that we name him? In his in particular debut, they did the Millennium Clock instead of doing vignettes and kept it more of a surprise or whatever. And on the other side, it's like, okay, so we've signed the Earthquake. His zero name's John Tenter. Should we bring him as John Tenter or should we just call him a fucking shark? And, <laughs> and you know what I mean? But, but it's like, and, and Big Bubba, which is Big Boss Man. And yeah. See, everybody tried to have their own 
have their own different style like of doing it. Obviously, it's difficult to do when you sign Hulk Hogan, when you sign Randy Savage. It's a completely different thing to do. Steve Austin came in as the ringmaster, right? They didn't want they didn't want to have stunning Steve Austin, mm-hmm. uh, who eventually called Steve Austin. But this is the thing: everybody they they used to try and do their own things, and they and they came up with vignettes and everybody for it. If you're in NXT and you're not one of the names where everybody was going, oh, I wonder where Bron Breaker goes. Oh, I wonder if Carmelo Hayes is going to be drafted. If you're not that guy, which is basically all the other guys, you need to have a change or you need to have a vignette that sh- that, that kind of shows that, hey, like, I, you know, it, there's only so many people that can win the title at NXT, but I still have the potential to be to be good here. And or that I, I haven't reached my ceiling yet, basically. And it's the thing when people leave, um, when people go debut on NXT, or if t- people leave Raw, for example, or SmackDown, and then they have to go backwards to NXT, they do tend to make more of a big deal of it when they, when they go there because it's seen as going down. Mm-hmm. But when you're coming up from NXT, it's like why would you want these people? Are you really telling people that the guys we got down from NXT are your fifth? Or are the same as what fourth or fifth round draft picks mean in the NFL, which we know we know don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. And I know for every for everyone for everyone that's irrelevant, you can you can point to the fact that Tom Brady went in round two or something, and I seven. think or round, se- oh, no, round six, seven, round six, I believe. Yeah, like he was number one. I, I don't know. What round, I know he's one hundred and ninety ninth yeah. pick. Yeah, or Brock, right. Brock Purdy at fucking dead last. So yeah, yeah, Mister Irrelevant. But yeah. this is what I mean. That this isn't this isn't the same thing because in this in this in this industry where there's not as many people to to choose from, it, it's not a good it's not a good thing, and it's not as easy to recover from being picked that low. But to tell people, yeah, these are all like just fillers, and they're battle royal fillers. They seek fillers for this for this fucking battle royal, and now we're gonna try and what? Why make you? Why give yourself the problem? Why put the losses on people? Why? Why give them bad debuts and then try and fix it afterwards? Like now you're trying to fucking fix Karrion Cross when he loses every food. It's like he comes in there, he's got he's got the card of Nakamura, but then he loses to Nakamura, and then now like uh, my understanding is is that he's gonna be having the. On his cards, he's probably going to show up with AJ Styles, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's his next feud. So, why do I care about him facing AJ Styles when everybody beat him? Like, I don't care now. You can show me as many vignettes as you want. You can tell me, like, that this guy's into fucking this, that, and the other. You can even go the opposite way and show me, oh, hey, this is a this is a character, and he's a sports guy who lifts loads of weights in the gym, and he's into, like, um, MMA and all this shit. You can do all that. I don't care anymore because I already saw him lose. Mm-hmm. Um, what what you should have done was kept him, kept booking him strong, and shown videos from NXT where he was beating everybody and was the champion. That's the fucking point of NXT is to bring up the people who are up. And if you have the people there, because the because the, to the audience, this is where the business has got completely lost. To the audience, the wins and losses do need to mean something. So if you're coming up, coming up from NXT as a multi-time champion and a big winner, and you're one of those draft picks where, 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 where we're waiting for you to come up, such as back in the day, Nakamura, Bowler, Samoa Joe, yeah, these people that came up from them. NXT. Yeah. Right. If you're not that guy, if you're not Braun Breaker or Cora Jade, or Carmella Hayes. Um, I wouldn't even say, you know, many women on that list. I can probably say Tiffany and Cora Jade, maybe Gigi at a push, but it's but there's not many names that, that are there. So if you're not that person, if you are an enhancement talent on NXT, but you may have the possibility of showing a personality, and you may have the possibility of being a top worker, but but it hasn't quite. So, um, materialize and you winning the NXT title or the North American title or anything like that, then don't fucking tell me that by shoving you in a battle royal where you mean as little as you meant in NXT. Like, it's so fucking dumb. All these guys are dead. They're all dead. Everybody that was in that battle royal is dead. Apart from Matt Riddle, who will probably get the next shot against Walter, which he'll lose anyway, and he's killing his own career with his, with his personal life. But, yes, yeah, so... 
I, I, I don't know what you thought about this. I don't even know whether you even noticed this because I, I know, I know the way that you watch Raw. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I got to relegate days at one point watching Raw, where especially with the the Battle Royal, and I'm like, I thought the same thing too. I was, I was more like, oh, I guess all these guys are on now. Um, they're bringing a lot of new people in, and but they're all in this, which. If you're going to do that type of thing, the Royal Rumble is more of the spot for that to where that's where you make them look strong, even if they lose, where, you know, you have somebody go a real long time where you have the diesel spot, all that kind of stuff. And you can still lose and be like, oh, man, this guy's a fucking monster. You know, you start him off out of the shoot, you know, that that gets them some nice momentum. But I laugh when he he's thrown out by Ziggler, right? And then he ends up killing Ziggler on the outside. <laughs> so, because you go right away, you're like, okay, this is his first win. I guess it's going to be. And they interview him afterwards. And it's like, why did you attack him? <laughs> like, he threw me out of why, the ring. Why did, you, why, did you in, why did you go about Royal then? Why, why didn't you just attack him? Like, because you weren't putting about Royal. <laughs> if, you, if, they, if they got plans for him, like, why didn't he just come down and attack him? And the thing is, is that you, as I said, you can do all if some of them are going to have to be enhancement talents, but it looks like to me that they don't want JD McDonald to be an enhancement talent, which is why I'm focusing on him because he actually yeah. got a vignette. So why put yourself in this position where like where you've done what you've done with Carrion Cross, where you forced him onto TV before he was ready? Drew McIntyre was already working with Roman Reigns. You knew that was going to be Carrion Cross's first feud, then you realize that shit if we we can't beat drew back to back against with cross so we need to book this feud 50-50 whereas what you could have done instead is aired videos of carrying cross for 5 weeks then brought him in when you were ready where he could have like beat for a load of people and by the time the raw rumble came on people would have been saying oh carrying cross is a dark horse to win the raw rumble because he's undefeated and he was a champion in NXT and he came in with vignettes and he hasn't lost yet and maybe he's the guy to beat Roman Reigns. But, I mean, it, it doesn't mean you have to do it, but instead you could have brought him in. Look, if I'm booking Karrion Cross, he would have come Cross in four weeks dead, later. In my mind, he's completely dead now. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's completely dead. But for, but for, but for four weeks uh, before he debuted, I would have had him in with his videos. I would have integrated a mixture of um, weird, like you know, weird spooky shit with him and Scarlett, along with him actually beating people up in NXT and saying he's a champion. Your NXT champion comes in, former NXT champion comes in after four weeks of debut, beats everybody up into the Royal Rumble. I'm talking guys, you know, down at that lower level, the guys that you can let him beat on SmackDown. And then, you know, by the time he gets to the Royal Rumble, maybe he can, maybe he's talked about as someone that can win it. Doesn't mean he has to, but he can at least have the diesel spot. And and yeah. he'd be far better now. They could have actually created a star. You'd have had an undefeated star. And then you can go to WrestleMania and then you can beat a Drew McIntyre in a match where, you know, you get a big WrestleMania win against a, a guy who's main event at WrestleMania before. But instead, he's gone 50-50 with Ray, 50-50 with Drew, lost to Nakamura. Uh, he was one of the first people out of the Royal Rumble. He was in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and didn't come anywhere near winning. He's finished. Like, he has no aura at all. He has, he has a good look. And he has a, a hot gal with him and a good entrance, but we know he's going to lose to everybody. Do you know? He's, he's. Can you think of anybody else that has a a more of a flop eventually from being NXT champion and then going into the main roster? I can only think of one person. I'm sure there's others, but I can only think of one other that's that You're was NXT champion. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm like, it's him and Bo Dallas. I don't think that many of them have reached their potential. Nakamura is certainly not what he was supposed to be. But, I mean, he came um, in. I mean, he's still, I mean, I don't think that Cross has had even close to what Nakamura had, at least right from the out of the shoot from NXT into the main roster. Um, I mean, no, Nakamura's been a uh, lot, done a lot, obviously. He's done a lot, but he hasn't been a world champion yet. So I, I don't think that he, he, I don't think he's reached his potential. Uh, obviously, there was Bo Dallas. Um, you can also say Keith Lee 
as well because he, you know he's not even with the company uh, adam cole never got there so you know that, that's that's different but keith lee did get there and he didn't do anything when he was there so there, 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 there's a few but um it's just the case of and i just feel with cross that at some point um they will when, when there's more space and they need to elevate someone that they're going to try to do it mm. and i'm not going to care i don't understand this continuous issue of making the mistake from the beginning. Why is it so fucking difficult to look at people in your locker room and you've had, and especially with NXT, you've had years to actually, the benefit of having years to understand what their upside is and who you want to actually push. And then when they get there, go, okay, this is going to be a guy that we push. He's going to have four weeks of video. We're going to like not put any losses on him for a while until we establish him as a top-level star. It's not difficult to do. Why, at the moment, have you not picked out those guys, whether it be Von Wagner, whether it be J.D. McDonough, whether it be even the... There's a couple other guys in there that came up from NXT that were um, quietly pushed up, and I don't really remember their names, but whoever it is, why are they not coming... Um, uh, the only thing I can think of now is that um, none of them are going to be elevated to that level of stardom. And... And the problem now is if they do try to, I'm just going to be like, I don't care about them. I, I, I it doesn't, I, it's not accepted by me. And the thing is that there's loads of people all across there. When you're looking at um, Santos Escobar and oh, they killed uh, everybody. Him. That I cannot believe how he can't win a match. He he's like no, he got in this group and he cannot win a fucking match at all. They have him. His team lose every time. They have not won shit since like uh, Mysterio's been there. And if anyone wins, it's Mysterio. And Balor gets to the fucking final of the the you know the Raw side for this belt, and he hasn't fucking won in weeks. Yeah, it's always I mean, probably he, like he, the he, mistake he, roll up when you know, like he gets the the lucky thing with a distraction or a, you know cheating wise shit like that. Well, he hasn't actually won anything. Like he won that because Brock helped him. With Cody, yeah. um, but prior to that, he was losing on TV all the time. Like he's he's lost to Edge mm -hmm. on the at WrestleMania Demon character. Uh, he was being used to like lose to Cody and the build up to WrestleMania. Um, yeah, it's just like it, it, it. This this guy, this this Triple H is the most overrated Booker I've ever seen. Well, we know uh, Tony he, Khan he, is Booker of the Year, so that's okay. Yeah, but I mean that 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 there's not it's not much better on that side of things. But at least not at all. At least in Tony, at least in Tony's defense, like for, for certain people, it looked well until recently. Uh, initially, there was some um, clear clear vision in terms of who the stars were, and then obviously we now have this new debut of Jay White, uh, who was oh, supposed to be this big free agent, and already he's like wrestling on Rampage, and he feels dead. He feels dead, like, without the losses. He was dead he to me before he even did anything. I was like, I see. I That is not for me. Um, God bless anybody who, you know, that's their favorite and this and that. I was always like, it's it's the smaller guy in in that wrestling world. It, it never really uh, does it for me. Um, but he, yeah, that, that was always uh, a who cares to me, for sure. And then he comes in there, and they're doing their... Bullet Club Juice Robinson nonsense or whatever, but I was like, there was a bidding war for this, really? Yeah, I think even with Juice Robinson, it's like there's a guy who they already threw on, they already signed him. They're desperate to get him on TV. Um, he's a character you know, he's at least. I laugh with a lot of the stuff he does. He's very much oh, to he's, me. He's, he's, a, he's a mix between. He was a mix between. Um, God, who the hell was? Oh, he's a mix between Bo Dallas and somebody else. He does a uh, goofy shit, and he's fucking Tony, so he needs credit for that. Yeah, I mean that right there should you know you get credit by there for that. But yeah. the point is, is that he's already been on TV. They already used him in one of those weeks where it was like, oh, next week Moxley's going to defend it. I think he was going to defend the title, or it's a contenders match or something against this guy is coming in. And it was like, who's this guy? Like, it was, but you know, it was like, oh, you don't know. Oh, he's been on this, that, and the other. It's your job to go on YouTube to find out where Juice Robinson's been a champion. Or I think he was a champion in Ring of Honor or something. I have no idea. But he was, he was thrown on. 
He lost matches on TV, and now he's paired up with this guy. And I think as a result of him being on television and taking those losses to the higher people in AEW, and I see Jay White align with him, it makes Jay White look like a loser straight away. It's like, oh, you're going to join up with this guy because this guy is a guy who comes in and loses to their top talent. That's what Juice Robinson was. Yeah, and also it's like we saw, like you're saying, you see somebody for a little bit and then like you see them one week and then you haven't seen them for weeks and weeks later. Um, like they almost forget, oh yeah, there was somebody who was here a while ago. Let's continue that story. Um, that whole Aussie Open and and Will Offspray and all that, they're like, they dropped off the planet too. I don't know if it's because they're under contract for Japan, so that's like where they are, but meanwhile they lend everybody back and forth and now the Aussie guy is back for five minutes because he attacked Orange Cassidy and now so he's going to get a title match where you're like, it's a tag team guy out of, what is this? So I, I they on that side, on the AEW side, I think they're very confused too. And um, I really, I do uh, giggle though about that their show collision is the exact same like font and everything is Nitro and, <laughs> and color and everything like that. I really think if Tony How was cheap. around, he would have bought WCW in a heartbeat. I wish he would try to just buy the name WCW and just say WCW at this point. He's he's dying to have WCW. But how cheesy is that, that he's copying the color scheme and everything from WCW? I don't know if it's... I mean, if he came out to say this is on purpose, which obviously we know it is, but, you know, own it and be like, oh, I miss the old good old days of this stuff and I thought it'd be fun to do. You'd have a lot better taste in your mouth if someone just would flat out say, yes, that's exactly what I was doing. I think it's fun. You know, just say that. Um, be like, yeah, and I would have named it Nitro if I was allowed to, too. You probably could name it Nitro. I wonder. I don't know if it's taken or not. I mean, God, I, I think a lot of people would like it if they did. Because I think a lot of people miss that stuff. I miss it. I miss the old day it, because it's you remember it all being good stuff back then. That's why you you don't miss the end of it. But um, the good old days and you go, oh, there was the two big companies and this and that. And it was, you know, you had an alternative. And like we say, like, you know, we might bust balls on AEW and stuff. But I, I know on my side, I wish them the best and I hope they're fantastic because I like an alternative and I'd like to have something else to watch that's like really good when the other side is shit. But both sides are shit. This is the problem. Yeah. Like both sides, are, both sides are full of wrestling and are full of too much wrestling. And it's like um, they have too many hours to fill. So they're doing everything wrong. They're getting everybody out there and saying, "You need to wrestle. We need you to wrestle. We need you to wrestle." We, it, it, there's nothing else. I mean, these vignettes that I wanted, it, you could you could have handpicked the three or four people that you are going to make stars out of and bring them in as bring them in with vignettes. Just fucking Jay White should have been bought in. He shouldn't even be on TV yet. His debut should be on the pay-per-view. And, and for four weeks, they should be saying, Jay White is coming, arrives at AEW at this, at the, what's the pay-per-view called the next one? All in, double or nothing? Double or nothing, is that it? Yeah. I think so, double or nothing. Or all in, yeah, all in four weeks. Fuck everything. And that's all another all nightmare in. that they named two different things, all in and all out. That is horrific. Mm. Why would you name something so close then, to something like that? I mean, it's like they just change one thing. It's like, come on. Um, you yeah. should have had it all in. That all in and nine months apart, you should have had it all out. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. Nine months. All in. All out. <laughs> yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, what do you think? Do you think Tony needs to grow a pair of balls? This will be like our last segment. We're, we're, this is a shorter show because it was kind of a flat week. Me and Billy were talking about, hey, what are some things we want to talk about? And I like asked Billy three times before he replied and said, this is a dead week. And I go, yeah, that's why I'm asking you. I, I feel like nothing is going on. Um, it's a shit week. Very much. Full of like just not, not, nothing happening at all. And just the continuous... Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling with no like character development on everyone. And and during the pri during the time where you need the most character development at all, this is your period of setting the table for the next year from mania to mania. Mm. 
like and and sort of identifying who you're going to be pushing for the next year like we should know the positions of everybody on this card and if you do have a genuine plan for somebody like they should not have debuted in a battle royal or or, where, or wherever they've been like what, what what's coming out of that battle royal oh ali's going to be the guy you push out this draft is it is that what i'm supposed to think or is he just or is he just brown and going to be forgotten like in, in, in two weeks oh, afterwards he, immediately forgotten after this this is just because he's there but um with the tony thing so he's brown yeah. so he's brown and he'll be brown yeah he'll be brown again in uh next october when they go back pretty much that's you got to keep them just for those kind of things um this is the only right. place he'll ever be over that and not even chicago i don't think he's over um with tony doing the whole separating of shows and this and that don't you find it where I'm like, get some balls. To- How could you not force these fuckers, throw them in a room, punk the bucks, all that, all that bullshit and go, motherfuckers, settle it. You get it fucking settled. You're fucking adults. This is a fucking business. Get your, leave your shit at the door and get over yourselves and fucking end this. Uh, you don't need to be fucking mm. friends. You can be fucking professionals, but to not have this go into them fighting each other on a fucking thing, which everybody will want to see is a fucking disgrace. Yeah. It needs to, you need to get to, you know, the young bucks need to wrestle singles matches where they lose to CM Punk and you need to get to punk and Kenny on a pay-per-view. Like you hundred percent need to get to that. Yeah, and I don't even think he's got more uh, much of a problem with Kenny. I think Kenny is a softy more than anything else because I mean he was trying to save the dog during. And the I don't fight. think he, I don't, and I don't even think he's gonna. He, he's got much of a problem actually just being a heel in this. I think he'd love to do it. Oh, I think if he, he makes just, money, they said to him, "Fuck." Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. I could mean, you be the heel? Could, yeah. Could you be the heel, please, Phil? Could you? Could you make out? You know? Could you really like get under the skin of these hardcores? Who's hardcore AEW fan? I will bet you anything that he would be down for it, and I bet you anything because you know how how soft and snowflakey feelings they are with the other the other people in the company. That he would say, "Okay, I'm going to say everything shitty about them, about their heroes, the Bucks, and everything, and I'm going to go after them." And I think the Bucks would be terrified that the crowd will then side with Punk. And be like, yeah, they are a bunch of bitches and pussies. But this is the thing. It's very, you can even you, you can even bring it into the storyline and say, uh, I even tried to, I even tried to go, I even tried to uh, speak to the WWE because because I realized it's a much better place to be. He really could. He could go. You know what? I don't even want to be here anymore. But as respect to you fans, I want to tell you the truth. You saw me at Raw. He could do that. Oh, all oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want and be like, dude. Come back! I, no. I don't want to be here. Yeah, I, I don't want to be here. I've got. I've, I've been. I've spoken to W. I've spoken to them. I've got a deal on the table, but Tony won't let me go. So if Tony's not gonna, if Tony's gonna keep, me, if Tony's gonna hold me hostage, then I'm gonna, and I'm gonna shove it up his ass until I'm fired. Yeah, I'm gonna, 100%. I'm gonna come out here and say, I, I'm gonna come out here and say everything that I want to say until I get fired. That's that, that's, that's the way. To, that is a hundred percent. It's it's pipe bomb part that's two. Yeah. And because anything that's, uh, that's yeah, good is in reality. I don't, don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I tried to get out of here. I even have an offer to be out of here, but he won't let me go. So if, if I have to be here, I'm going to fucking say everything that I want to say until I'm fired. And then that's it. You just Then you go into saying all this shit that upsets everybody. And then Tony, Tony goes, I'm not going to fire you, but I am going to make you face Young Buck, number one, and then Young Buck, number two. Oh, oh! You think you've got one over me by cheating? Okay, well then you're gonna face Kenny Omega and two out of three falls at the pay per view, and it's easy, so easy to do, so fucking easy. <laughs> well, tell Will Washington to get on this. Oh, he's not got a fucking, he's not got a fucking creative idea in his head. He's he not would got a creative shoot bone this down because they're not black. Yeah, <laughs> he'd say that's not he'd a black like, guy in this like, match. You know, well, where's the black guy in the storyline? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Will. I'll be hold on. I'll get you one. I got. I know a guy called Umar, and he's going to play <laughs> Punk's lawyer who tried to get him there released. Go. There you go. We got Clarence Mason. Part two. <laughs> it's Clarence's son. <laughs> yeah, Umar uh, Mason. Umar Mason. <laughs> Twice the size of Clarence. Jesus 
fucking Christ. But still in but still in the nation of Islam. Oh my God. It'd be so fucking great. It's just like you said, it's fucking easy. It's so fucking easy. I bet you anything if he said I have an offer for WWE and all that shit. I would bet you anything that WWE would put out a fucking release that says we do not have anything involved with punk and this and that because they get all fucking butthurt about that. Like they would uh, with the whole Razor and Diesel going to WCW and they had to have all kind of releases. We have nothing to do with this. They're not coming back. It was all that weird shit because they were so butthurt by things and they would give them publicity by actually releasing something that says, no, this is a story. We have nothing to do with it. He's not coming. Well, he doesn't have to say, he doesn't have to say the alphabet, but the best, I mean, the most heat we'd get with these, with these dorky fans would be yeah. saying something along the lines of, I tried to go home, but I'm not allowed to go home. <laughs> go, I tried to go to a, a professional company that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. A real booker over there, the great Paul. <laughs> it would, it would, oh my God, the place would melt. It would, it would completely melt because they kind of got a hard on about Punk now anyway because he's not one of theirs and how dare he salvage, you know, go after the the precious young bucks, soil the sanctity of the young and, bucks. And how do you go on? And how do you go on TV? And go and start feuding with Samoa Joe and and Jericho or whoever he's gonna be with against in the new show when everybody knows what the story is backstage especially this audience you're gonna do you a different thing to what everybody knows is happening yeah and and that guarantees like like, i want to play with my friends samoa joe's my buddy so i'll have a match with him at least the jericho one you know there is a bit of uh something behind that and but Jericho's a fucking professional as much as you know as done as he is as we feel and all that kind of stuff and he needs to cover up a little bit, but man's a professional and knows how to do this shit um, and knows how to go. Even if I shit. hate someone, I put it aside. We make some money. It's the dumbest shit. In boxing, you have legitimately guys who are undefeated or have belts and are fighting on specific TV companies. You have guys signed to like ESPN. You have guys signed to DAZN. And it's very difficult to make fights. And the, always the argument is, is like, who has more of the purse? Because the person who earns the most money ends up getting it on their channel. Mm-hmm. So the other channel even have like a fighter signed exclusively to them, then have to lose the exclusivity because he's because the other fighter is perceived to be the A side. And they just argue and argue and argue about who's the A side. And then fights don't happen. Mm-hmm. So all across you know, all across boxing, we we're having fights that are not happening. In UFC it's difficult to make fights, even though Dana is like the you know, the, the main guy who, who who makes everything happen. It's still difficult to negotiate. Sometimes certain fights don't get made. So mm. here we have a situation where it's fucking fake and there's absolutely no reason why any fight shouldn't get made. Sean fought Brett at yeah. the end of the day. I know there was a weird finish, but they still fucking got it to the ring. Yeah. How can you pack a pus- these pack of pussies not get it to the ring? And how can their boss who pays them way, way more than they're worth, like overpays so many people. Yeah. He can't say, hey, you know what? He wants to be friends with them. Three, $3 million a year, you're going to do what the fuck I say. Yeah. That's what to, I'd be saying. Needs, yeah, you need to just say, I'm not your fucking friend. Uh, you know, it's nice that your buddy. You work for me. Yeah, exactly. You work, you work for, for me. me. You work for me. Shake hands and wrestle, you fucking assholes. Like, it's not a real fight. And like, then, it, no one's getting no- yeah, for real. And he needs to not be scared to go, oh, you're not going to? Don't bother coming to work. I don't care. It's not right. going to hurt me. It, he will not be fucking hurt if the Bucks went to fucking WWE because I don't think the Bucks would, I don't think the WWE would take them. I don't think they'd care. Um, so he's not going to be hurt like, oh my God, I lost Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's not, it's not that. Even if you lost Punk, Punk's been gone all this time anyway. And that's not the audience that, uh, you know, uh, adores him over there anyway. We we watch because of that. He he brings the other audience um, more than his own. So that's who we'd actually want to have more than anything else, even though he's a little bit long in a tooth. But um, I would say, Billy, you should... Uh, finish him! Any closing remarks before we finish out this show, what you want to say, or just where we can find all your stuff and what you got going in the works? Yeah, so my betting stuff is at lockbetting.com. This was the month that we are supposed to get to 120 months of profit, and it's not even fucking been close. 18 days out of 20, we've won. 
So I'm already calling it. We're going to get there. Um, it's just been, it's just, I did this actually. I remember when I was trying to get to a hundred and, um, what was it? hundred and a hundred months there. It wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a, the, the end of a year. I was trying to get to a hundred months and the hundredth month was so, so, so easy. Um, and again, like I was thinking about month number 120, cause that means the 10 years. Um, but again, it's been really, really easy. So it's logbetting.com. We have 120 months of profit barring an absolute disaster of losing every bet for the next yeah. 11 days, which won't happen. So if you want to sign up for the service, sign up now. Um, NBA playoffs are going on. NHL playoffs are going on. We're betting on baseball. Combat, there's lots of combat sports at the moment, lots of UFC, lots of boxing. Tennis is reaching its peak period with the French Open straight away, followed by Wimbledon. Soccer season's coming to an end. So there won't be soccer for June, but there'll be soccer back again in July with the Women's World Cup and then the football season comes back. So, yeah, I mean, it never stops all year round making money. Uh, June is usually the best time to start because in July we start introducing the futures plays, which the one unit plus futures plays here at 81%. We start introducing futures plays for soccer as futures plays for the tennis tournaments in June. And then in August, we start putting out our futures for NFL as well, which is coming around again. So, yeah, lockbang.com for that. TheDirtySheets.com for wrestling. And I will be on Brad Shepard's podcast this week to preview the Saudi show. Fantastic. All my nonsense, like I said, at Lingus Mafia. Uh, and Patreon.com slash Lingus Mafia, uh, especially TikTok. Uh, go to TikTok and search in Lingus Mafia. That's some of our best stuff where we have little clips. And you should see some of the uh, weirdos on TikTok, some of the comments. You'll laugh. We uh, we made fun of Dana Brooke walking to the ring flexing because that's the stupidest fucking thing ever. And nobody cares about her, so she's walking the whole time flexing, and then she goes to give a kid a high five. Did you see that like two weeks ago on Raw, I think it was? And the kid didn't yeah. get And she just slapped the kid's hand downward and while she kept on flexing. And people go, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with her flexing? I don't understand why you're uh, making fun of that. People complain about everything. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, go the fuck away. Go the fuck away. So uh, that's it. I'm Kev. He is Billy. We will see you next week. Extend your fucking condolences.